Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Hey Highlands, there we go, there we go. Cool night, but we're going to get into it. Hey, I've been really, I don't know about you, but I'm really fired up about what's been happening through Mind Monsters, this series. And often we, we, we do a series and we sort of go, oh, you know, it was a good series. Was that a good series? Yeah, I think it was a good series. Oh, I remember that one. I remember when Doug said that, yeah, that's good. Sometimes we don't hear about what God's been doing. I need to say to you and let you know, and some may, you may well be here going, that's me, Murray. But over the last few weeks as we've been going through this series here at Middle Ridge and at the Highfields campus, that we have seen God kill off some mind monsters. We've seen God defeating mind monsters in people's lives. People who are carrying offence. Remember the message Ken brought when he talked about so a lot of us, we carry offence. Well, people have been letting go of the offence they've been carried for years I mean, and are now walking in a breakthrough situation because they haven't just heard a message, they've done something with it and they've laid it at the foot of the cross. Fear. There's been breakthrough in fear, the mind monster of fear. We've seen people get freedom in that. So I want you to come with an expectation tonight that we're going to look at three mind monsters as we close out this series tonight. Last time we're going to preach on this series, at least at the moment, at Highlands. But I want you to come with an expectation that God is going to reveal something in you, maybe something in your life, a mind monster you're not even aware of, and he's going to bring you freedom. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that as we open your word tonight, that you would bring something of yourself in such a way that every one of us would gain freedom. You would bring revelation, you'd bring your truth, you'd bring your power. We're not, we're not here tonight just to hear a nice message. We're not just here tonight just to, to, to catch up with friends. We're here because we expect you to move, Lord Jesus. We're ready in Jesus' name. And everyone who believed in that said... Amen and amen and amen. Hey, have you ever had your reality rocked? Have you, have you ever been in a situation or circumstance where you believed a certain thing about a, a situation, a circumstance, and then all of a sudden, you might have believed it for years, and then all of a sudden it's been turned on its head, and it's like, you, you mean that wasn't real? You mean that wasn't true? Has any, anyone had that before? You believe something to be true, and then to find out that you were wrong. I found that recently with song lyrics. Have you ever been in that situation? You've been singing a song for years and you've been singing away and all of a sudden the person next to you goes, what, what, are you, what did you just say? That's not what she wrote. Yes, it is. That's the song. I've been singing it that way for a few years. Actually, check this out. Check the screen. You know that song, We Are Family? For years I thought they were singing, Just Let Me Staple the Vicar. Right? <laughs> who's right and who's wrong here? Listen. All of the people around us, they say, can they be that close? Just let me stay for the record. That's what they sing. Just let me staple the vicar. What's all that about? Just let me stay for the record. Nothing's wrong. 
drive by the cars. Beautiful song. They used this on Live Aid. Do you remember? They showed it over this harrowing footage of these starving Ethiopians. <laughs> if you listen closely, they're actually singing about pork pie. Pork pie! What's it going? Apparently, according to Michael, your burgers are the best. I can hear your prayers. Your burgers are the best. <laughs> he must have had one of them burger vans. You know, they have that bun Doing steak Canadians and hot dogs. <laughs> Speaking of hot dogs. I believe the hot dogs go on. I believe the hot dogs <laughs> He's got a bit of rivalry here, Michael. <laughs> Celine's peddling hot dogs. Johnny's patch. At you, but um, for me, I learnt some new things about some songs that words that I didn't realise <laughs> were true. But it's the same in life, you know. We, we joke around, and please, um, if you're going to try and Google and YouTube uh, that guy, Peter Kay, I, I edited that for a reason. There's some language in some of the other stuff, so please, if you're, I didn't recommend you going and looking at Peter Kay, the comedian. I didn't. But in the reality, this same thing's happened to me, where I've believed something to be true, so true. I believed I heard something so clearly but I found out that I was wrong. I remember many of you know that um, prior to going into ministry, I was a fire officer in the fire brigade in Melbourne, in the Metropolitan Fire Brigade. And I was stationed for a long period of time in a city in a suburb called Dandenong, which is where I was brought up. So I knew the area really well. I knew the streets. I knew the, the, air, the buildings, the main fire um, district. I knew it really, really well. And on this particular night shift, I was the driver of the, of the truck. And if you're driving, then obviously you need to know where you're going and you get the truck to the gear, so to where you're going. So when the sirens went off in the station and our pages went off, the sirens went off and then the voiceover comes over and says, house fire, McPhee Street, Dandenong. Straight away, I went, great. I know exactly where that is. I played cricket down there on the cricket oval in that street. I know where McPhee Street is. So I ran around, you know, you've got 90 seconds to get in your gear, get in the truck and get out the door in the fire service. Did you know that? You've got to be out really quick. So anyway, I heard it, great, I know where I'm going, ran around to the driver's seat, jumped into my overalls, flipped them over, put the jacket on, in the truck, all the, everyone's in, good, off we go, McPhee Street. The officer says to me as I pull out and turn left, do you know where you're going? Yep, know exactly where we're going. I know where this is, McPhee Street, I played cricket there, good, okay. We're turning, as we're getting closer and closer, he said, are you sure you know where you're going? And I said, yeah, yeah, I told you, I know where I'm going, McPhee Street. He said, not McPhee Street, McRae Street, which was in the other direction in Dandenong. Now, as a driver of a fire truck going to a house fire, that's not a good thing. Good news is it was a false alarm. We got there a little bit later than normal, but it was a false alarm, so it was okay. So you can keep breathing now. I didn't get into trouble. But what I want to say to you is that I heard really clearly McFace, McPhee Street. I was wrong. So in life, there are things we see, there are things we hear, there are things that are said, there are things that we believe, and we absolutely believe them to be true, until we're proven otherwise. You know, the first time 
that I was ever told by someone that God knows me and he loves me. That rocked my world. Because up until my mid-20s, I kind of thought there probably was a God and I'd heard about the story of Jesus. But then when I heard that this God loved me and cared about me, it turned everything on its head. It's like I saw things completely differently because I'd never thought about, I'd never believed, I'd never let my mind go down a pathway of, could this be true? That God made me unique, that I'm an individual, that he made me with a purpose, that he created me to make a difference. And I wanna say to you tonight that that same truth that I heard in my mid-20s is the same truth for you. And you're gonna get an opportunity tonight to not only know about this Jesus, but you're gonna get an opportunity to accept him into your life, just like I did in my mid-20s. When this revelation of the truth, where, where my mind was about this, about possibly there's a God too, there is a God, he is real, he created a life for me to live, and he had a plan and a purpose, which I believe I'm starting to live out a little bit more and more the way he wants me to, and I'm going on that journey. So as we, as we tie off this Mind Monster series, I believe many right here tonight are holding on to wrong thinking. Thinking, you don't know that. You believe something to be true. Maybe it's something about yourself. Maybe it's something about your situation or your circumstance. And tonight, I believe that God wants to bring the same revelation he brought to me about McRae Street and McPhee Street. That same revelation he brought to me about who he is in my life, he wants to bring that same revelation to you about something that you've heard, something that you believe, the way you live your life, and he's going to open your eyes. Absolutely my belief tonight. Mind monsters are going to be defeated tonight in Jesus' name. So today, as I said, I want to identify three areas that once we renovate them, once we understand what they are and turn them around, you will receive freedom. You will live in a freedom you've never known before. See, the world, this society, your friends, your life may well be sucking you into a way of thinking that conforms with what society says, but is completely wrong to what God says about the way he's created you. Maybe you've been dragged away from truth. And let me ask you, how would you know? How would you even know without the revelation of God? And so what we've been doing today is we've been praying for you that God will open your eyes to revelation, show you what is truth, show you what is lies, and help you to receive the freedom God has for you tonight. God makes it really clear and that the, the main text, the core text that we've all been coming back to every week as we've been talking about this series is from the, the book of Romans, a letter that Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote about half of the New Testament, he wrote letters to churches, encouraging them, letters to leaders, encouraging them, inspiring them, rebuking them, teaching them. And in one of those letters, he wrote to a church in Rome, and he wrote, he wrote this, he said in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And then in verse 2, he says this, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you do that, you will be able to, able to test and approve what is God's will, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. It's been a core text that I think every single message we've preached over the last month has come back to that. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So tonight, what we want to do is we want to understand that God's saying, don't follow on with this world. Don't follow along with what's happening around you. Don't follow along with what everybody else says, what everybody else does. God's saying to you and I, be non-conformists. Don't go through the motions. 
He's saying to you, I want to bring breakthrough, but it's going to mean that you're going to need to change the way you think and change the way you lead into your life. Don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Don't just live like everybody else is. Don't run in the same direction as everybody else. Don't live that that'll do life. Well, if that's what they do, that's what I should do. If that's what they say, that's what I should say. God's saying, you know what? I've got something different for you. And if you want to experience my breakthrough, then what would it look like for you to go, no, I'm not just going to go along with the crack because that's what they say. God, what are you saying? Because when I step into that space, God brings breakthrough. See, it's time for change, church. It's time to turn things around. God's looking for us to live a brand new life. And I've got to say that I believe across the board, Christians are leaning back to the world too much. We're leading back to the way everybody else does things and that's what we do. We're leading back to the way everybody else says things and that's what we say. And God says, would you stand up and stand forward? Would you stand into the things I'm calling you to be about? Would you believe what I say about you and not what this person and that person and that teacher and that parent and that friend says about you? Would you believe what I say about you? That's what he wants from us. It's time to renovate our thinking. And you know, sometimes when we want breakthrough, we need to break something. When I say renovate your thinking, what I mean by this, think about renovating a house. I think Geordie's renovating a house at the moment. And when you're renovating a house, you don't come in and just add to. Sometimes you've got to knock walls down. Maybe tonight God wants to knock a wall of belief down in you that he can renovate your mind and your body on your life to bring you into freedom. So the first one, renovate a doubtful and unbelieving mind. I believe the first area, wrong thinking, that God wants to attack tonight, that he wants to kill off tonight, is a doubtful and unbelieving mind. See, the Bible dictionary of doubt is to stand in two ways. I think it's this. Maybe it's that. Yeah, but it could be this. But maybe I should do that. Maybe God says he loves me. But how could he love someone like me? And we stand in this place where we do this and we're, we're two-minded. And a double-minded person is all over the shop. Uncertainty, confusion and worry come from doubt. Now, doubt may well be what God wants to come against. Questioning, weighing things up, that's not what he says. We as Christians need to question and weigh things up. But he says, do not doubt Imagine living with doubt in other areas of our life. We, we doubt God in so many areas, but what if we had that same doubt in other areas of our life? If you're, if you're doing your, your year 12 exams later on in the year and maybe you're studying physics and chemistry, imagine the night before the exam, starting to doubt everything you've studied. Physics and chem, maybe, maybe what, if, what if E doesn't actually equal MC squared? And this is what they've been teaching me the whole time. What if, what if pi isn't, really isn't? 3.1416. I knew that. I was just testing. What if, and we start to, the, formula, the things we know to be true, we start to doubt. What if at tax time, the accountant started to doubt that the calculator was working and then had to do the numbers again themselves? Actually, that'd be cool if it worked in the wrong way and it added things to our return, wouldn't it? I'd be happy with that. But what, what if they start doubt? What Google Maps? Maybe, you know, put something in Google Maps and then you doubt that it's going to get you there. That's not a good example either. Who's been lost with Google Maps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a doctor gives you a prescription 
and says, this is what it is. This is what's wrong with you. And here's your prescription. And you go, great. And you take it away. And then you go, what if he's wrong? What if she's wrong? And we don't get the prescription. You know, there's so many areas we have this blind faith in, yet some, for some reason, Christians, we don't have that same faith with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who teaches truth for our best interests. We need to renovate our thinking and re- renovate this doubtful and unbelieving mind. Jesus' half-brother James says this in James chapter 1 and verse 5. He says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea being blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is a double-minded and unstable in all they do. James knew it. He said, if we're going to truly give our lives to Jesus and trust him, don't doubt. Take his hand and let him lead and guide and direct us. Doubt comes in the form of thoughts. And doubt, in God's eyes, are thoughts that lead us away from him. You see, the enemy loves to throw doubt. You know the enemy's favourite words? You know the devil's favourite words? Two words? What if? Yeah, Murray, but what if it's not right? I feel, I feel like I need to do that. But Murray, what if you fail? That's what he does. He whispers, what if? He, see, he brings doubt. God brings certainty. God brings assurance. And the enemy whispers doubt. Yeah, but Murray, what if, what if you do that and you fall on your face and nobody listens? Murray, what if you say that and everybody gets up and walks out of the church and you're standing there on your own? Jody was going to get up then. That's how the enemy works. He brings doubt. Matthew chapter 17, verse 17 says, You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? See, what had happened was that the disciples had tried to, to minister and tried to heal someone, and nothing had happened. And they came back and said, Oh, we can't do this. We just can't do it. What's going on? And Jesus is saying, and he wasn't just like, oh, it's okay, guys. It's all right. Come here. Come here. Come here. We'll make this work. In this moment, because they doubted, he spoke really firmly. He said, what are you doing? Don't you get it? Just believe and don't doubt. Trust me. So then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive that demon out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. See, he doesn't say you've got to have bigger faith, guys. Get bigger faith. Build fit. You've got to do, the only way you're going to work this is really, really big faith. He doesn't say that. He just says, just have faith as small as a mustard seed in who I am in you, Murray. Just, Just believe that I'm with you and I'm for you and I want what's best for you. Have that much faith and watch what I do. We need to renovate a doubtful and unbelieving mind. You see, doubt and faith, they're your choice. In every situation, in every circumstance, what are you going to choose? And choose doubt and choose what others say? Or I'm going to choose faith in God. God, what do you say? Let's open up your word. Let's spend time with you. God, what are you saying in this situation, in this circumstance? See, God has a great plan for you. And he wants to renovate your mind so that you're not a double-minded person. I love, I love reading the Psalms. I love reading King David when he's writing and he's being really open and honest with God. And so you see, doubt isn't, isn't expressing how you feel. 
King David did it beautifully in the Psalms. Read the Psalms, check it out. David's there going, God, what's going on in my life? I've got my enemy coming in this direction and this is happening in my life. I'm struggling so much with my life. And he goes on and on in the Psalms and then halfway through the Psalm, he stops and then he says, but my God, and he speaks faith. He says, this is my circumstance. I'm not being stupid. I'm not sticking my head in the sand and pretending it's not happening, but my God is able. And he speaks about the faith he has in his God who is able. And you look at what God's done in his life. First one we need to look at is a doubtful and unbelieving mind. The second one is we need to renew an anxious and worried mind. We need to renew an anxious and worried mind. My dad, whom I love very much, passed away a couple of years ago now. My dad was, was a warrior. He was a warrior, but he was a warrior. Like he would worry about everything. He would worry about things that weren't even going to happen. He would worry about so much about what could happen in the future. And if there wasn't something to worry about, he'd be worried about that. Like he just continued to worry about everything. And I believe that part of dad getting sick was what was happening was on the inside, it was eating, eating him away. You see, even in our mind, if we don't deal with things and give them to God, it will eat us away. And the worry of life and the worry of carrying things God doesn't want us to carry will do damage to us, not just spiritually, but mentally and physically. We've got to let it go. Anxiety and worry are attacks on our mind. Now, I'm not saying that, that there's not actual chemical issues that go on in the mind. So hear me with here. What I'm saying is when we allow anxiety to grab us and we don't take it to Jesus. That's what I'm saying. Worrying is spending too much time today trying to figure out tomorrow. What, is, what does Jesus say about that? In Matthew chapter 6, he says, That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Who of you, by worrying, about, who of you, by worrying can add a single hour to his or her life? See, we worry and we worry and we worry. We're not doing it. Worry does nothing doesn't change situations and circumstances. But when we renew our mind and we take that concern to God, look out. The only thing worry changes is our well-being. Cast your cares, cast your worries onto Jesus. He knows what to do with them. We don't. We don't know what to do with our worries. He says, cast your cares onto me. So when you're starting to worry about something, God, I want to give this to you. God, I give this worry to you. Give this situation, God, I want to give it to you because I, I don't want my mind to be captured by worry because that's not the life you have for me. I'm concerned and I want to pray into this situation, but I give it to you. See, a proud person worries because I'm in control and I'm worried because I'm, I'm, I can't do what I need to do. A humble person waits on God because he's in control. We give it to God. So if you find yourself worrying, God, I want to be humble in this. I want to give it to you. Third and final way that we can get rid of a, uh, this, this mind monster, this mindset is to we need to reject, and I so believe this is for so many of us tonight, we need to reject a comparative or a comparison and a judgmental mindset. So many of us, when we look for our identity, we look here and here and here and here and here and here, rather than here. So many of us, when we look at our lives, we wonder what he thinks or she thinks or they think rather than what he thinks. Comparison with others. Oh, I wish I was like so-and-so. I wish I did things like them. I wish I spoke like them. I wish I had their job. I wish I had their car. I wish I, I, wish, I, wish I had... We, we. 
And all of a sudden, our life becomes about comparison. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 puts it this way. Paul says, Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. As soon as you and I start to compare ourselves to others, they're a better singer. They're a better speaker. They do that better than me. I wish I was like them. I wish I was a, a mum like them. I wish I could do things like them. I wish I had their looks. As soon as we start to do that, what we're doing is we're moving away from the way God wants us to see ourselves. And we get caught in a mindset, the mind monster of comparison. When you spend time comparing yourself to others, you're coming to an agreement with the enemy because that's what the enemy wants to do. The lie of the enemy says, look left and look right. Where are you compared to them? When you're at work, oh, I should be doing their job. I, this happened to me in my life. The, the, when I was, Kaz and I were part of a youth group years and years and years ago at a church in Melbourne. And they were about to appoint, appoint a, a youth pastor or a couple to be youth pastors. And uh, we knew that they were looking around and we were part of that youth ministry. And Kaz and I were like, we thought we were doing pretty well and pretty special. And they actually appointed the, another couple that were part of it. Great couple, great couple. But we were really devastated because we start, you know what we did? Oh yeah, but we do that better than them. But we're better at this than them. We're better in that than them. Don't point your finger at me because I know some of us, many of us in this room, but we do that. I'm better. Hang on and we justify, justify, justify. And Rich and Jenny took the job on and they were great. and They did a really good job. And what we realised after about 12 months is they, they actually got moved into kids ministry. And then we got approached to come and be the youth pastors. And the timing was spot on for us, spot on for the church. And it was the start of our season stepping into ministry. And God's timing was perfect. My timing was, what about me? Now, why him? Why not me? And God, I realised why not? Because of that attitude. <laughs> they got it right because they knew me better than I knew myself. This guy needs humbling. How many, know envy, how many know envy is ugly? Envy is ugly. It's an ugly thing to see. And we've got to stop it. And the way we can stop it, it's a mind monster. The way we stop it is we stop comparing. Don't start, don't compare yourself with others. Young women in the room, young men in the room, stop looking at others and thinking, I wish I was like them. Embrace how God has wired you. God, show me how you've made me unique and special. Because if you... You've heard this before. This is, I'm not the first one to say this to you. If you're not you, you try and be someone else. Who's going to be you? God created you for a purpose, just the way you are. He loves you too much to let you stay that way and He's going to keep growing you and moulding you. But He loves you and He's created you like you. So embrace the Eunice in you and live the Eunice out. And don't try and, there's a new word there, Eunice. Live that out rather than trying to be like Mercedes. Even though she's awesome, there's only one Mercedes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we want her to be Mercedes to be Mercedes. And we want Tess to be Tess. And we want Murray to be Murray. That's, that's how we live the fullness of God, when we, we realise how God's created us to be and who He's called us to be. And let's fight against this tall poppy syndrome. What is it about Australians, hey? Somebody gets a new car. What's our first response? Not... Brenda, that's fantastic. This is a prophetic word for you, mate. Brenda, that's fantastic, that new car that you're getting. It's brilliant. Receive it, man, receive it. You know, but rather than me being excited for him, the first thing is, oh, why can't I have a car like that? 
Am I the only one? The enemy wants to get in the hook rather than going, our first response should be, Brenda, that's awesome. That is so good. Your lawns are amazing. I have a bit of envy. But you know, celebrate. I love it when he shows me his 150 photos of his lawns. I love that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because, because I should be celebrating with him. And Christians, we should do that better than anyone. Not, oh, what about me? Why didn't I get a pay rise? Oh, what about me? Why can't I do get a holiday like that? Oh, you got another holiday, are you? Another holiday. Why do we say that? Just, man, amazing you're getting a guy overseas. That's brilliant. Fantastic. When we break off the tall poppy syndrome, the judgment, the comparisons, all of a sudden we're cutting away what the enemy's trying to do and we start to speak encouragement and life, which is what God wants. God wants us to speak life. I, I know we talk about prayer being like oxygen. I believe encouragement is like oxygen for the soul. How many know that? When somebody speaks something over your life positively and they're, and they're specific, how many know it just, it's like it fills us? What would it look like for Highlanders to be known for their encouragement? Speaking life, speaking life, speaking life. Galatians 1.10, one of my favourite verses because God slapped me with it, says this, for, I, for am I now seeking the approval of man or God? Or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I wouldn't be a servant for Christ. Let me par- paraphrase that. Murray, are you gonna, you're gonna preach this message trying to please everybody? Or are you coming to please me in the way you preach? Murray, when you get up this morning, tomorrow morning, are you here to, to, to please everybody else and be a people pleaser? Or are you here to live the life I'm calling you to live. God wants to bring freedom. And that means we've got to let go of some of this stuff. Judgment, a judgmental spirit, negativity. Always seeing things half empty rather than half full. Matthew 7 verse 1 and 2 says, don't pick on people and jump on their failures and criticise their faults, unless of course you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. Message version, love it. Critical spirit, throw it out, it's going to come back at you. Boom. You see, we reap what we sow. Little story before I close. When I was, I learned this lesson from my youngest daughter when she was 14 years of age. I was coaching a basketball team. Uh, Actually, she would have been older than that. She would have been about 16. I was coaching a women's basketball team at a reasonably high level. And I was really working on them to, to improve. And they were picking some things up, but I really wanted to improve. So anytime I had meetings, anytime I talked to the team in the car on the way home, all I was doing was picking up on the things they need to improve on. You've got to get better at that case. You know, when you're shooting, I need you to do this more. I need you. And every time the team heard me, they heard the negatives. And they started to play scared because they didn't want to fail. They didn't want to do the wrong thing. And I'm driving home one day and Casey said, Dad, is there anything positive you have to say? 16 year old, it was just like whack. See, they needed to hear what they were doing well. That it would bring freedom for them. Sure, they still needed to hear the things to improve on, but I'd forgotten about that because I was so focused on telling them all the negative things. So I started to see the good and the positive and it released something in me as a coach and it released something in them as a team. Imagine being that sort of person in your world with others. Church, God's calling us to lay some things at His feet tonight. He's calling us to lay down the stuff that we've been carrying for far too long. He wants us to lay down the doubt and unbelief.
He wants to lay down and reject the worry. He wants us to refuse to live a life being judgmental and this comparison spirit. He wants to change our mindsets. And as I've been speaking tonight, some of you are going, you know what? That's an area I know I need to give back to Jesus. That's an area I need to bring, have freedom in. And in this last night of the Mind Monsters series, I want you to know that you may not have all the answers, but God does. God does. He's got the answer to your challenge. He's got the answer to your frustration. He's got the answer to the way forward. God knows best for you and He knows best for me. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6 says this. It was written by, it's in the Old Testament and it's, it's out of the book of wisdom. And it's written like a random truth by King Solomon, who's the wealthiest, who was then the wealthiest, most powerful man in the world. In fact, he ruled Israel and other kings would come to Solomon for advice because he was giving, he had God-inspired wisdom. And he said this, he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You've heard this passage before, but I want you to get it here, not here tonight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He said, here's a piece of wisdom. The world says, trust in other people's voices. The world says, trust in your heart. Trust in what you think and what you feel. And he says, here's truth. Trust in the Lord your God with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. When it comes down to the reasoning and God's opinion, God's opinion rules in every situation because God's opinion is truth. And then he goes on and he says, in all of your ways, submit to Him, to God. And then His promises, and He will make your path straight. Church tonight, God wants to make your path straight. God wants to kill off a mind monster for you. God wants to bring a renovation to your mind. What is it for you that you're gonna to drop to the foot of the crosses tonight and say, you know what, God, no more, no more. I wanna rem want, want remove that judgmental mindset, that critical mindset, and I wanna replace it with an encouraging mindset. I wanna remove doubt. God, would you replace it with faith? You see, we don't have to strive to do these things. This is what God wants to bring in. God, take away worry, replace it with peace. So tonight we're going to do that. There's a beautiful song. We're not, we haven't sung it tonight. We probably won't sing it tonight. But it's a beautiful song that says, I speak Jesus. So in a moment, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray and we're going to speak the name of Jesus over every one of these mind monsters. And maybe there's another mind monster for you. Maybe it is fear. We're going to speak Jesus. And we're going to believe in faith that God is going to bring healing and wholeness and freedom in this place, in this moment. You ready? You ready to walk out free? God doesn't want you to carry this anymore. He wants you to walk out free. Let's bow our heads. You know, before, before we start to pray in that way, I know there are people in this room and you know, you've never thought about this Jesus that I talked about that I asked into my life in my mid-20s with a simple prayer. You've never thought about giving over your frustrations and your fear and your anxiety and your worry and being free of it and letting Jesus take control. And put simply, if you've never asked Jesus to take control of your life, quite simply, all we do is come to Him and ask Him, God, would you lead my life? And I would love the opportunity, just like somebody did for me, 
They said, Murray, you need Jesus. Do you want to ask him into your life that he might be able to take away these things in your world, in your life? And I want to do that for you right now. I was so blessed to have a mate in my life did it for me. And I want to do it for you right now. So with every head bowed in this moment of prayer, if that's you and you say, you know what, Murray, I, I need the Jesus you're talking about. I want you to pray for me. I want to accept Jesus into my life that He might bring me freedom. I've never accepted Him. Or maybe I did a long time ago, but I know I've walked away and it's time for me to come back and experience God's freedom. If that's you right now in this moment, this is your moment of freedom. I'd love to pray for you. Why don't you just raise your hand right now so I know who I'm praying for. All you need is raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for in this moment that I can, I can pray for God. I see you up there, mate. I see that hand. That's awesome, man. I see that hand right there. That's beautiful. Awesome. Fantastic. Is there anyone else? Yep, I see your hand. That's beautiful. This is so exciting that people are saying, I accept you. Yep. Those three hands next to each other. That's awesome. I see those hands. I believe right now God is opening His, His heart to you and He's saying, I'm here. I'm knocking at the door of your heart. Will you open your heart and invite me in? I wanna bring my life into your life. I wanna bring my freedom to you. Is there anyone else before I pray? So good. So many people just saying, you know what? I need Jesus. You know, if you raised your hand or maybe you didn't, but in your heart of hearts, you know you need Jesus right now. You can pray this prayer with me. I'm gonna pray for you. You can pray it along with me or maybe you can pray it at home on your own. But a simple prayer, inviting God into this space to be, to be Lord and Saviour changes everything. So I'm gonna pray and you can pray along with me. Father, thank You that You love me. Thank You that You died for me and You rose again that I might experience freedom. I invite You, Jesus, to be my Lord and be my Saviour. I'm sorry that I've ignored you in my life, but no more. Would you come into my life and bring freedom in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You know, while we're in this, in this moment now, I just also wanna pray over anyone who's got situations and circumstances. I don't need you to stand up. I don't need you to, to do anything more than I just want you to turn your hands to God in a, in a place of sacrifice. If you know there's something that I've spoken about tonight, and you say, that's a mind monster I wanna get rid of right now. Why don't you just, as you sit where you're sitting, in fact, stand to your feet. Let's everybody stand to our feet. Stand to our feet right now. Just turn your hands to God. Turn your hands to God. So Father, I pray in the Name of Jesus. I speak Jesus over every mind monster, over fear right now in Jesus' Name. I speak Jesus that You would come and You'd fill, You'd remove the fear and You'd fill it up with a godly confidence. Father, I thank You that You're moving right now, that You're ministering right now in Jesus' Name. Father, remove judgment, remove the critical spirit, Father God, and replace it in the Name of Jesus. Replace that right now with a sense of peace of who You are. Help us to be that encourager You're calling me to be, Lord God, in Jesus' Name. Father, for the anxiety, Father, for the anxiety right now, I speak Your peace that goes beyond all understanding. In the Name of Jesus, come. In the Name of Jesus, come. Pour out Your, your peace, Father God. Father, pour out your, your Holy Spirit over every single person here, that we would know You in a new and fresh way, that we would walk with You, Lord God, knowing that we don't have to carry this stuff anymore because You died on the cross to set us free. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. We believe that, we rejoice in it, and we walk away in freedom this tonight in Jesus' Name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and to make a difference. 
If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.